0: You don't need a high end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look. Be your own interior designer with big design, small budget. Here's your host, Betsy Helmuth. Hi, everybody. I hope you had a wonderful, relaxing Thanksgiving holiday and you had an exciting Black Friday slash Cyber Monday. I never really get into those sales because I usually haven't prepared enough in advance to plan my shopping list and have it at the ready to capture the moment when it's at its deepest discount. I always somehow miss the boat, just like I missed the boat with the turkey and we had a delicious Thanksgiving chicken this year. So, you know, priorities, priorities. But just today, uh, I am ready to shop. I'm getting my list in order tonight and I went online to check out all the hottest sales to see if they had done a Cyber Monday two-day extension and nobody has. So, you know, you pay when you miss the deep discounts. Well, guys, hopefully you caught all the sales and in the meanwhile, you have been sending me lots of delicious questions just in time for your holiday shopping. So I'm going to dive right into these emails because some of them were really exciting this week. The first one came from Samantha. Samantha wrote me, first off, I love your podcast. I just found it, and now I'm working through your catalog of episodes. Well, there's over 120, Samantha, so go nuts. I know what you're going to be doing this um, holiday season. So you mentioned that you're afraid that you're asking something that I've already covered. Chances are. But your husband and you live in a condo in Hoboken, New Jersey. Your space is not too limited though because you have two bedrooms and a den as well as a large living room. Both bedrooms are in use. You're just starting your family so the only place for guests to stay over is in the den. The den is a true den. No windows or closet and is mostly used as my husband's man cave for video games, computer sports, blah, 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 blah. Still, you want to create a comfortable space for guests to stay over and for them to feel at home. Do I have any suggestions for creating a nice space without completely taking away its functionality as a den? Is there a happy compromise? Thank you, Samantha. So Samantha, based on your description, it sounds like you are starting a family and some of your guests may be coming over to visit baby or maybe spending a longer period of time than just a weekend guest. So the key with comfortable guest lodgings is first that you would have some kind of bed. I am not a huge fan of air mattresses. Uh, You know, they shift around, they can be uncomfortable, they can be hard to get on. It depends who is coming over, but if it's a, a parent of yours, it just may not be the most comfortable option. So a sleeper sofa is perhaps a better way to go, so that way you have the den aspect for video games and movie watching, but you also have accommodation for sleeping for one or two people. My favorite place for sofa sleepers is um, room and board, first of all. Crate and Barrel, second of all, they have the same manufacturer as Room and Board, but the styles are more limited and I also find the customer service to not be quite as good at Crate and Barrel. So check out Room and Board first, knowing that you're going to have two options for sleepers and they have those sleepers on the showroom. So you can try out each option, one is a spring coil and one is a blow up, and you can determine what's most comfortable for you slash your guests. The other option that I like is Raymore and Flanagan. have American leather sofas, which are known um, for years and years to be the most comfortable sleepers out there. They are a higher price point, but I would give those a whirl too because they used to be available only online and not at a retailer here in the Northeast. And now you can just head over to Raymour and & Flanagan and jump on it, sit on it, and determine if you think it's more comfortable than these somewhat more stylish and more affordable room and board options. The other thing that a guest who's staying more than a weekend is going to want is some kind of clothing storage. You know, they don't want to be living out of their suitcase. You may want to think about in tables that double as three drawer dressers. So something that has significant storage for night clothes, for just things that they're bringing with them and they might not want to keep going to their suitcase to get them out. Another thing to think about is leaving open space in the middle of the room for that sofa sleeper to pull out. Because a lot of people think, well, I'll get the coffee table, I'll get the in-tables, but then the person has a really hard time walking when they do pull out that sleeper sofa because there's not a lot of real estate left in terms of floor space. That's another problem with the recommendation of a Murphy bed. So a lot of people come to me and they say, Betsy, do you think a Murphy bed would be a good option for my guest room because I also want it to do double duty as something else? But you have to keep in mind that wherever the Murphy bed would fold down, that space needs to be clear. You can't put a sofa in front of that Murphy bed cabinet or a dining table or a TV console because you'd have to be constantly moving that cumbersome piece of furniture to actually use the Murphy bed. So a Murphy bed or even sometimes a fold-out bed does not give you that function in front of the area. You have to leave it open. So it's just giving you more open space rather than space for another large function. In terms of other accommodations that would make it feel cozy, a great idea is to have some decadent bedding something that feels comfortable you know guests have different heating cooling requirements my guests in my guest room some of them get really cold some of them get too hot so we always have multiple blanket options that we keep in a basket under the suitcase stand but what you might think about doing is getting a storage ottoman so that way your husband can put his feet up when he's playing his video games on the upholstered top but inside there'd be plenty of storage for extra pillowcases extra blankets things that your guests could choose to make it feel more um, personalized to their comfort. So there we go. I hope that helps Samantha and uh, keep writing in with questions. We love hearing from our fans. So our next question this week came from Crystal. Crystal wrote me, Betsy, I am having a hard time finding a power lift chair with or without the reclining feature to coordinate with my living room. Everything I see in retail stores and most of those big, online locations are bulky and brown or beige. I want fabric, not leather. And I want a color. Teal, turquoise, chartreuse, patterned or solid. A contemporary style with thick, dark brown legs. Thanks for your help, Crystal. Well, Crystal, I love it when people get specific because we can head right to Google and make all your dreams come true. So I went to Google, because I must say, I do not have a lot of requests for power lift chairs, and I'm not even sure I've ever sourced one. Um, So I went there, and I was Googling around, and I did find some really nice, more modern looking options at All Modern Wayfair, and then I found the Chubacabra, I found your teal option on Hayneedle. It was called, let me get the exact name for you, the Pro Lounger Microfiber Power Lift Chair Recliner. It had straight lines it had chunky dark legs and then it had that teal upholstery you were hoping for now I must say finding a power lift chair that comes in a print or a chartreuse well that's a pipe dream let's be real but I was able to find lots of colors like red blue yellow so check it out see what you think but the one I mentioned from Hayneedle comes in this beautiful shade of teal that they are just calling blue and I love it also because it does have those more modern Lines and doesn't look like one of those big movable marshmallows that so many of them look like when you just Google power lift chair. So, Crystal, I hope that helped. Let us know which one you choose. My next question this week came from Lee. Lee, I am really excited to dive into your question because I was just on Facebook. Was it yesterday? And I found an article that addressed this exact question, and I have thoughts. So, uh, so let's dive in. You wrote, "I love following the latest trends, and I always want to try them out, but I never do because I'm worried my decor will look dated by next season. Is there a safer way that I can incorporate them?" So Lee, yes, trends are fun. It's fun to go shopping every season and get something new for your closet. Um, You know, whether you're shopping for your wardrobe or whether you're shopping for your living room and just want to pick up some new pillows or my favorite thing to buy seasonally is a comfortable blanket. Because not only I use it, but the dog uses it, the kids use it, we build tents out of it, we you know, use it to have picnics on, my daughter curls up with it and takes it to the dining room table in the morning to have breakfast and still feel like she's in bed. So our blankets get a lot of wear and tear, so I love changing out the throws seasonally. But that is an ideal place to bring in that trend because it's something that didn't cost very much money. It's something that, um, you know, you can easily move from one room to another. There's not a big commitment level in terms of a high price point or in terms of it being a true piece of furniture. So it's best to keep those trendy accents to things like coasters, bookends, vases, throw blankets, pillows, something that um, is is perhaps under $50. That's kind of my marker when I'm thinking about incorporating trends because I'll want to add something new next season. Out with the old and with the new, I'll want to keep picking up those little pieces to swap. But House Beautiful just released this thing on social media, and of course I bit, because they listed their favorite trends of 2017 and their least favorite. And I had mixed feelings about these, so I'm going to share with you some of theirs right now. That way when you're shopping over the holiday season, you can pick up some that are um, still on trend rather than the ones that they don't recommend. So they mentioned that the good trends are brass hardware. So brass hardware has that sort of golden shine to it. Um, you saw a lot of it in the 80s. In homes that were built in the 80s, they often had brass faucets, brass doorknobs, brass hinges. And I have been so um, repulsed by those. Let's just keep it real. I have a strong reaction to that 80s brass hardware that I had a really hard time welcoming the brass trend in in 2017. But it's really everywhere. I didn't have a choice. So I've been mixing brass and bronze all year long because it's really what's out on the retail market. I am hard pressed to find nickel, silver, polished chrome these days. And that was all the rage before for ever since I've been in business. For over a decade. It's been a real shift. Even last night, funnily enough, I was sitting on my couch and I decorated with silvers, chromes in my home just because I have a more modern aesthetic and that's what was available at the time. And it's really what I found myself gravitating for even for my clients. So um, I was looking around my house the other night and I was wanting to incorporate something new. But all the new things come in brass or bronze. And I was like, maybe maybe I should switch to brass. (gasps) So, so that is a trend that they are saying is good and that could be here to stay. They also mentioned that artisanal furnishings, so things that are like live edge wood coffee tables from Etsy, incorporating handmade macrame on your walls, anything that does feel like it was made by a person, a human and not a machine, something that you might find on one of those crafting sites, they say is a great trend that's here to stay. Always like something that feels original or handmade, so I tend to agree. They mentioned that bold pink colors are in, and I didn't even know that they were out, so there you go. Uh, And they mentioned geometric wallpaper, which I definitely see my clients asking more for. Um, The key with geometric wallpaper, or really any wallpaper, is that you should take advantage of the new removable options that are on the market. Because while you might want to live with wallpaper, it can be very difficult to take down if you've glued it on your walls. Additionally, your landlord is not going to be so keen on your wallpaper selection when you move out and he or she has to deal with it. And if you're thinking about resale value, if you're thinking about selling in the next five years no matter which wallpaper you choose it's going to be a very controversial detail in your home and I'm sure your real estate agent is going to ask you to remove it before you sell so think about that removable wallpaper if you're going to splurge and go for this geometric trend Oh, and finally, they also mentioned, speaking of resale value, that two toned cabinetry is a trend that they're really excited and they think is here to stay for even 2018. So, two toned cabinets mean white on the top, gray on the bottom, or, you know, gray on the top deep navy on the bottom. I recently just um, recommended some cabinetry for a house in the Hamptons that was bright white for Ikea on top and then navy on the bottom and it looked smashing if I do say so myself. So let's see the trends that they say are really bad. I don't even want you buying a pillow in these things. Um, So let's talk about that. They mentioned rose gold, which I have been saying, I mean, can I just put this out there? I have been saying that since January. Rose gold is here today, gone tomorrow. Only certain stores have it. It's got this pink tinge to it, even though it's shiny like a gold or a brass. And it's just very hard to incorporate because... There's just not that much of it, and it can look a little bit cheap. So I've not been a fan of rose gold for I don't know how long. Uh, Now, this one I do not agree with. House Beautiful says that Persian distress-style carpets are totally out. And our clients have been clamoring for these. There are beautiful options at places like Grandin Road, Wayfair, Overstock, Even West Elm, they have a couple at Pottery Barn, and I've really been taking them with them myself. It's a beautiful way to have a more traditional, muted-style pattern, but still camouflage those stains and keep it feeling more contemporary in the fact that it's generally one color all over versus those traditional colors we're thinking of with the emeralds, burgundies, navies, golds, those jewel tones of the past. So... I'm kind of disappointed to hear that these may be on their way out just because so many of my clients are still requesting them and they're so versatile. They can be transitional, they can be modern, they can be bohemian. Disappointed to see that one go. They also mentioned open shelving is out and boy I could not agree more. Open shelving just tends to look so cluttery and messy unless you're just using it for a few items that you want to show off, tchotchkes, picture frames, styling, but if you really want to use it for any kind of storage in your kitchen or if you really want to use it to hold a lot of books, well, it's just not the go-to solution because it can't hold that much weight structurally, typically, unless you've anchored it well into those studs. Additionally, it can look precarious to have so much stuff and heavy stuff at that on these floating shelves that seem to just be suspended on your walls so I couldn't agree more goodbye open shelving they mentioned chevron is on the way out and while I think chevron is a classic pattern that can always be incorporated in a design I think using it as the primary pattern or a super strong pattern in terms of window panels or an entire rug I think that's on the way out too I'd prefer to see it in smaller doses like a throw pillow a cuddly accent blanket things like that They mentioned that subway tile is on the way out, and just yesterday, a lovely lady stopped in and she was wanting to use subway tile for her kitchen backsplash. I feel the same way, guys. Unless you're going to use it in a herringbone pattern, meaning putting it at an angle, I'm just tired of subway tile it is played out certainly i'm referring mostly to white subway tile so she seemed very stuck on this idea so why don't we do a green hand glazed subway tile even if you're going to bricklay it which is a more transitional look than just stacking it which is a more modern look that can just be a little bit of a help in adding some character but really let's move away from the subway tile let's think about Anything else. Anything else. <laughs> and then they mentioned that industrial details are passe. And by industrial details, they mean exposed nail heads. They mean pipes as brackets or bars. They mean rustic woods. Um, I don't know how I feel about this. I think incorporating some of those elements can be really nice. Uh, I think when you have like a theme-style apartment that's all industrial, well, I think it can be heavy-handed and I think it can be hard to live with those rough-hewn finishes like uh, unfinished wood where you could get splinters or bump against that raw edge or um, burlap-type fabrics which have that strong open weave which aren't very comfortable, frankly. So... While I have mixed feelings on this one, I could see where they're coming from. So I hope that helped, Lee. Hopefully, when you're looking at the sale bins this January, you will now know what to buy and what to avoid. So guys, it is a pleasure talking to you. As this year winds down, I'm definitely feeling reflective on what a great 2017 you all have made. Our Facebook page, our podcast, our book. We had such a successful Cyber Monday, and I can't be more grateful. So keep those questions coming in at Betsy at AffordableInteriorDesign.com, and we will see you next week. Bye.